Uncanny Mystic Minds Podcast. Hey, welcome back everyone to another Uncanny Mystic Minds. So for today, I wanted to do a story time on... um, It's a summary. uh, It's basically a summary on the three books of occult philosophy by... Uh, Agrippa by Henry Cornelius Agrippa and um, I had been I had been looking um, at the actual you know uh, three three uh, occult books by Agrippa and uh, you know it's it's honestly you know like it's it's a bit dense and you know it'll it'll definitely take you on some deep stuff and um, I happen to also find recently this summary by uh, it's by Alden Marshall so it's like it's basically like a like a summary that he kind of writes up about this and uh, I thought it was pretty good and condensed and I liked it and uh, I thought it'd be useful to share so uh, yeah so we're gonna get into this here so first we're gonna have the note to readers so this is an uh, unofficial research and reference guide to meant to enhance your reading experience of the original work with a concise summary of the key concepts you are strongly encouraged to buy the book if you find this useful all right so um and unofficial this summary book is unofficial and unauthorized unauthorized uh, authorized boy can i say that right this book is not Authorized, approved, licensed, or endorsed by either the author or the publisher of the summarized work. And here's the forward. We live in an age where we are nearly overwhelmed by a vast wealth of information available to us. Both the treasured information of ancient texts and lengthy modern discourse on all manner of esoteric topics are available to us in a variety of physical and digital formats with the simple click of a button. While our position may seem unviable to students and researchers of ages past, the sheer quantity of resources available and the dubious quality of many of them can make it challenging to know where to start for a dedicated and serious seeker of knowledge who is interested in understanding the truth about these complicated topics. How does one sort truth from fiction? How does one know which of the many hundred-page books available to spend one's precious time upon? You've surely had the all-too-familiar experience of purchasing a heavy tome about a topic you're deeply curious about, only to find out many hours later that it offers little of actual value to you by the time you're done reading. Time is our most precious resource, and we should not waste it. My goal for the Condensed Esoterica series is to handpick and carefully summarize only the best and most often recommended books on magical, spiritual, uh, ethnogenic, and philosophical practice and theory so that you can learn from the wisdom of the most experienced teachers available to us without pouring over tens of thousands of pages on your own. I hope that you will find this series useful as a way to better understand the world around you and to gain insight into how you might be able to use the wisdom gained to improve your life and the lives of those around you. This book is intended to be used as a research guide and a companion piece to the original work, as well as a reference guide and summary of the key concepts presented by the original author.
I have meticulously read the original in its entirety to produce this set of notes and captured all of the key concepts and ideas from the original source to the best of my ability. Please also consider joining my mailing list, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so he's just promoting himself. So this is by Alden Marshall. All right. So here's the introduction to the summary. Three Books of Occult Philosophy by Henry Cornelius Agrippa serves as a great work of natural philosophy and magic. It covers a broad array of topics in its 74 chapters, from what magic is, what magicians are, to the methods and techniques of extracting the best properties out of plants, rocks, animals, stars, and planets. It has a practical side, to it is uh, as every chapter gives examples and sketches ideas recipes and how to apply the theory its use can be varied as it is useful to form someone that looks to understand the workings of the world understand the use of plants or simply practice some magical works all right so here's chapters one to nine so I guess that's how uh, how this guy Alden broke him down. He kind of he kind of uh, chunked him up into these kind of chapters. I think it's like three main sections, and so uh, this first section uh, is going to be one to nine chapters. One to nine, chapter one: How magicians collect virtues from the threefold world is declared in these three books. What magic is? What are the parts thereof? And and the professors thereof must be qualified of the four elements their qualities and mutual mixture of a threefold consideration of the elements uh, of the wonderful nature of fire and earth and of the wonderful natures of water air and winds of the kinds of compounds what relation they stand into the elements and what relation there is between the elements themselves and soul senses dispositions of men in eight we have how the elements are in heavens in stars in devils in angels and in god himself of the virtues of natural depending on upon the elements the first nine chapters are grouped together as they share some commonalities they explore the main elements of which our world is composed the first chapters start by defining what magic is while the others quickly touch on the four elements, their properties, planets, God, on the other divine beings, and the other divine beings. So, the threefold world is as follows. The elementary world, the celestial world, and the intellectual world. And the law of every world is that the superior influences the inferior, and this is done by angels heavens stars elements animals plants metals and stone all of them com- convey the omnipotence of god and wise men seek the virtues from the elementary world through medicine and natural philosophy which are all mixed in with the various natural things the virtues of the celestial world are searched in the rays in influences Uh, All according to the rules of the astrologers and the doctrines of the mathematicians, which join the virtues of the celestial 
with those of the elementary. The three, the three books will be grouped as follows. The first one deals with the natural magic, the second with the celestial, and the third with ceremonial. Magic is a faculty of the wonderful virtue, full of, full of most high mysteries, containing the most profound contemplation of most secret things, together with nature, power, quality, substance, and virtues thereof, as also the knowledge of the whole nature. It instructs us, it instructs us to uh, concerning the different the differing and agreement of things among themselves. And it produces wonderful effects by uniting the virtues of things through the application of them one to the other, joining and knitting them together thoroughly by the powers and virtues of the superior bodies. Theological philosophy or divinity teaches what God is, what the mind, intelligence, uh, what the mind, intelligence, angel, devil, soul, religion, sacred institutions, rites, temples, observation, sacred mysteries are. It instructs us also concerning faith, miracles, the virtues of words and figures the secret operations and mysteries of seals. It teaches us to rightly understand and to be skilled in ceremonial laws, the equity of holy things and rule of religions. Pythagoras and Plato went to the prophets of Memphis to learn the divinity and traveled through Syria, Egypt, Judea, and the school of the Chaldeans that they might not be ignorant of the most sacred memorials and records of magic, but also to be furnished with divine things. There are four elements and original grounds of all corporeal things, fire, earth, water, air, of which all elemental inferior bodies are compounded. There are none of the sensible elements that are pure, but they are more and more less mixed and apt to be changed one into the other even as the earth becomes dirty and dissolved it becomes water and the same being made thick and hard becomes earth again plato also was of the opinion that earth was wholly changeable and that the rest of the elements are changed as into this so into another successively elements all have two sides to them one that is theirs and one that is common So fire is hot and dry, earth is dry and cold, water is cold and moist, and the air is moist and hot. Plato assigned the four different qualities to the fire brightness, thinness, and motion to the earth, darkness, thickness, and quietness to the air, thinness, motion, and darkness, and to water, darkness, thickness, and motion. This is the root foundation of all bodies, natures, virtues, and wonderful works. Of the first order are the pure elements, which are neither compounded, nor changed, nor admit mixing, but are incorruptible. Through them, the virtues of all natural things are brought forth into act. Of the second order are elements which are compounded, changeable, and impure. However, through the art, 
they can be brought to the first order when they are reduced to their simplicity. This is the foundation of the whole natural magic. Of the third order are those elements which originally are not elements, but are twice compounded, various and changeable into one into one the other. They are infallible, medium, and therefore are called to be the middle nature or the soul of the middle nature. <clears throat> there are two things which are sufficient for the operation of all wonderful things, and these are fire and earth. The former is passive, while the latter is active. Fire is active, powerful and invisible, present in all things at once. It will not be affronted or opposed, for it can make all things obedient to it. Fire is the boundless and mischievous part of the nature of things. The institutions of religions and ceremonies ordain that prayers, singing, and all manner of divine worship whatsoever should not be performed without lighted candles or torches. The basis and foundation of all the elements is the earth, for that is the object, subject, and receptacle of all celestial rays and influences. In it are, con in it are contained the seeds and seminal virtues of all things. The other two elements, water and air, are not less efficient than the former. There is a great necessity for water because nothing can live without it. Moses writes that only earth and water bring forth a living soul. Such is the efficacy of the element of water, that spiritual regeneration cannot be done without it. As Christ himself testified in Nicodemus, It was Thales and Hesiod who concluded that water was the beginning of all things and said it was the first of all the elements and the most potent. Air is a vital spirit who passes through all beings, giving life and substance to all things, binding, moving, and filling all things. The Hebrew doctors count it not amongst the elements but among the mediums or glue joining all things together as the as the resounding spirit of the worlds air enters into the bodies of men and animals through their pores and makes an impression upon them whether they are asleep or awake and affords matters for strange dreams and divinations by air a man can send his thoughts to another or simply leave an impression But this must be done within 24 hours. When the strange beings appear, they take their body and power from the air as they materialize from it. The airy element of the winds is nothing else but air moved and stirred up. Of these are, are that are principal blowing from the four corners of the heaven. From the south, Bore Boreas. From the north, Zephyrus. From west, Eurus and from the east, Pontinus. After the elements follow the four kinds of perfect bodies compounded by them, they are stones, metals, plants, and animals. Every one of them follows and resembles uh, of the elements, which is most predominant. Stones are earthy, metals are waterish, plants have an affinity with air, 
and the fire is natural to the animals as it preserves their life. In animals, the bones resemble the earth, the flesh, the air, the vital spirit, the fire, and the humors, the water. The action of men are governed by the elements. Earth signifies a slow and firm motion. The water signifies a fearfulness, air, cheerfulness, and an amiable disposition, while fire is fierce, quick, and angry. It's pretty cool. All right, we're going to take a break right there, and we'll be back on the next one right now. All right, welcome back, guys. All right, well, let's pick it up. Let's continue on here. So Mars, Sol are fiery. Jupiter and Venus are airy. Saturn and Mercury are watery, and the moon and earth are earthly. The elements also rule the heavens. Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius are fiery. Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn are earthly. Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius are airy, while Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces are watery. The devils are also distinguished by the elements, just as the infernal rivers are... uh, Phlegathon is fiery, Coxitus is airy, Styx is watery, and Archeron is earthly. Angels follow the same logic. Seraphims are fiery, cherubims are earthly, thrones and archangels are watery, dominions and principalities are airy. Of all the natural virtues of things, some are elementary, and these are heat, cold, moisture and dryness these are called the operations of first quality the operations of second quality are maturing digesting resolving hardening corroding burning opening evaporating obstructing expelling and more maturation is the operation of natural heat induration is that of cold such as uh, congelation and the resting i guess as like to congeal right These operations sometimes act to provoke urine, milk, and menstrual, and they are called third qualities. Alright, so this is chapters 10 to 21. Chapter 10, so it's going to list off kind of the, the brief descriptions. Chapter 10, of the occult virtues of things. 11, how occult virtues are infused into the several kinds of things by ideas through the help of the soul of the world and rays of the stars and what things abound most with this virtue and chapter 12 how is that that particular virtues are infused into particular individuals even of the same species 13 where the occult virtues of things proceed 14 of the spirit uh, of the spirit of the world what it is and how by way of a medium it unites occult virtues to their subjects in 15 how do we how we must find out and examine the virtues of things by way of uh, similitude. 16. How the operations of several virtues pass from one thing into another and are communicated one to another. 17. How by enmity and friendship the virtues of things are to be tried and found out. 18. Of the inclinations of enmities. 
19, how virtues of things are to be tried and find out which are in them specifically or in any one individual by way of special gift. In 20, the natural virtues are in some things throughout their whole substance and in other things in certain parts and members. 21, of the virtues of things which are in them only in their lifetime and such remain in them even after their death. The following 11 chapters are grouped together because they all talk about virtues. Virtue was understood by Agrippa as the property or ability of a thing, be it an inanimate object or or animate. Each chapter deals with a class of objects or beings, effectively teaching the reader how to make use of their virtues and properties. There are also other virtues in, in things which are not from any element, and they are used to expel poison, to drive away vapors of minerals, to attract iron, or anything else. Because these virtues have much form and little matter, they can do very much while an elementary virtue, as it has materiality, is limited. The unexplained way of the elements has its reason and happens in the occult virtues that make everything possible. All the wonderful creatures and their abilities which are amazing to us, humans, are born out of these virtues which are not elementary. Platonists say that all inferior bodies are exemplified by the superior ideas. They define idea to be a form above bodies, souls, minds, and to be one, simple, pure, indivisible, and eternal. The first idea is that of goodness which is placed in God. All the ideas in God are but one form, while in the soul of the world they are many. They are placed in the minds of all other things, whether they are joined to the body or separated from it. Ideas are not only essential causes of every species, but are also the causes of every virtue, which is in the species. Every individual, when it begins to be under a determined horoscope and celestial constellation, contracts together with its essence a certain wonderful virtue of doing. Suffering something remarkable, which is an influence of the heavens and partly of the soul of the world. In things, various effects, inclinations, and dispositions are occasioned not only from the matter variously disposed, but from a various influence and have a diverse form. There is a certain virtue in the lodestone as it attracts iron and the diamond by being in its presence can take away its and by being in its presence can take away its influence. Plato and his scholars attribute these virtues to the ideas as they are the formers of things, but uh, Avicenna reduces these kinds of operations to intelligences, Hermes to the stars, and Albertus to sp- uh, specific forms of things. Therefore, there is a wonderful virtue and operation in every herb and stone, but greater in a star, beyond which, even from the governing intelligences, everything received and obtained many things for itself, especially from the supreme cause. It is clear that the occult properties of things are not from nature of the elements, but they are infused from above. There is an attraction between these virtues as the fire moves to water 
excuse me, as the fire moves to fire, the water to water, and so on. These virtues can be taken out of the animals and transferred in us. If we look for boldness, let us take a let us take a cock and take his heart. It is also believed that the blood of a bear, if taken directly from its wound, increases strength because the animal is the strongest creature. It must be known that the power of natural things is so great that they not only work upon all things that are near them by their virtue, but also beside this, they infuse into them a power through which the same virtue also works upon other things. Pretty cool. It's very good stuff. say that if anyone puts on the inward garment of a harlot or shall have about him that looking glass which she daily looks into he shall become bold confident impudent and wanton all things have a friendliness among themselves and everything has something that it fears and dreads that is an enemy destructive to it in the elements fire is an enemy to water and air to earth in celestial bodies, Mercury, Jupiter, Sun, and Moon are friends to Saturn. Mars and Venus are enemies to it. All the planets besides Mars are friends to Jupiter. All besides Venus hate Mars. Jupiter and Venus love the Sun. Mars and Mercury... Oh, excuse me. Um, love the Sun... Okay, uh... Jupiter and Venus love the sun, Mars and Mercury and the moon are enemies to him. All besides Saturn love Venus. Jupiter, Venus, and Saturn are friends to Mercury, the moon, and Mars are its enemies. Jupiter, Venus, and Saturn are friends to the moon, while Mars and Mercury dread it. Did you guys catch that? <laughs> um, these dispositions, therefore, of the friendship... And enmity are nothing else but certain inclinations of things of one to another as they desire what is absent in them. The animal world is also guided by such friendships and affinities. As animals are too under in the influence of the friendships or dread of the celestial bodies, some virtues of things are in some according are in some things according to the species. Any particular thing that has an affinity for something is good against it as medicine, as a medicine. One must consider that the virtues of things are in some things in the whole substance of them or in all their parts. Some virtues, however, are in things according to some part of it. Moreover, there are some properties in things only while they live and some that remain after death. The basilisk can kill a man with his sight only while it is alive, whereas when it is dead, it cannot do such a thing. Uh, Democritus relates the tongue of a chameleon. If it is taken out while the chameleon is alive, it conducts to good success in trials, and it is profitable for women who travel. Alright, so now is chapters 22 to 32. 
Chapter 22, how inferior things are subjected to superior bodies and how the bodies, the actions, and disposition of men are ascribed to stars and signs. 23, how, how we shall know what stars natural things are under and what things are under the sun, which is called solary. 24, which things are lunar or under the power of the moon. 25, which things are Saturnian or under the power of Saturn? 26, which things are under the power of Jupiter and are called jovial? 27, what things are under the power of Mars and are called martial? 28, what things are under the power of Venus and are called venereal? 29, what things are under the power of Mercury and are called mercurial? 30, that the whole subli uh, sublunary world and those things which are in it are distributed to planets. 31, how provinces and kingdoms are distributed to planets. 32, what things are under the signs, fixed stars, and their imaging. From chapter 22 to 32, the main theme is that, the, that of general, magical, and physical laws. These chapters explain an outline that and outline the laws that Agrippa th uh, thought governed the earth uh, and the universe. These laws include laws of physics, but also magical and occult laws which deal with the signs and planets and how they can be used in various operations. It is manifest that all things inferior are subject to the superior, and after a manner they are one in the other, and in superior are inferior. In heaven there are things terrestrial, but they are in a celestial manner. On the earth, uh, on the earth are things which are celestial, but they are so in a terrestrial manner. There are some things which are solarary, and some which are lunary. Lunary, in which the sun and moon make a strong impression of their virtue. Solar things respect the heart and head. The sun rules over the brain, heart, the thigh, the marrow, the right eye, and the spirit, but also the organs of the senses. Mercury rules over the spleen, stomach, bladder, womb, right ear, and the faculty of common sense. The Saturn rules over the liver and the fleshy part of the stomach. Jupiter over the belly, the navel, ribs, breast, bowels, blood, arms, right hand, left ear. Mars rules over blood and veins, the kidneys, gallbladder, buttock, the back, and um, iris, oh, sheesh, irisibility. Venus rules over the kidneys, testicles, the womb, the seed, the flesh, fat, belly, breast, navel, and all parts venereal. The moon is ascribed to the brain, lungs, the marrow of the backbone, the stomach, the menstruation, and all other excrements, the left eye, and the power of increasing. It is very hard to know what star or sign everything is under, yet this can be known through the imitation of their rays or motion or through the figure of their superiors. Some of them are known by their color and odors but also by the effects of their operations, which are answering to some stars. These things are lunary, 
among the elements, the earth, the water, the sea, the rivers, and all of the moist things, such as the moistures of the trees, the animals, especially those which are white, as the white of eggs, fat, sweat, phlegm, the superfluids of the body. Saturnian things are earth, water, black color that is moist, sour and dead, lead and gold. The onyx is the stone of Saturn. Things that are Jupiter are the airy blood, the spirit of life, and all things that increase the nourishment and vegetation of life. Among the tastes, all that is sweet and pleasant. The things that are martial are fire, together with all sharp things. From the taste, everything which is bitter, those which burn the tongues and cause tears. The things which are under Venus are air and water, blood and spirit, and seed. From the taste, those which are sweet and delectable. The things which are under Mercury are water and all things which move indistinctly. Among the tastes are those which are the various and strange. Whatsoever is found in the whole world is made according to the governments of the planets, and it receives virtue accordingly. In fire, the light is under the government of the sun. The heat of it is under Mars. In the earth, the various superficies are under the moon and Mercury. The starry heavens has the whole mass of it under Saturn. But in the middle elements, air is Jupiter and water is the moon. Both are mixed under Mercury and Venus. Among vegetables, everything that bears fruit is from Jupiter. Everything that bears flowers is from Venus. All seed and bark are from Mercury. All roots are from Saturn. All wood is from Mars. And leaves are from the moon. The whole orb of the Earth is distributed by kingdoms and provinces to the planets and signs. Macedonia, Illyria, Iriana, Gordania are under Saturn. And with Capricorn... Oh, sheesh. This, this is a lot of... Uh, I think we're going to skip this part right here. It just goes on for days with these. So anyway, all the signs should rule over the things which are assigned to them, such as Scorpio rules over scorpions, Leo over lions, Virgo over virgins, and so on. The signs also rule over um, the following plants. Aries over sage, Taurus over vervian, Gemini over vervian, Cancer over comfrey, Leo Snowbread, Virgo Calamint, Libra Mugwort, Scorpio over Scorpion Grass, Sagittarius on uh, Pimpernel, Capricorn over Dock, Aquarius over Dragonwort, and Pisces over Heartwort. Alright, so here's chapters 30, uh, 33 to 36. Chapters 33 of the seals and characters of the natural things. 34. How by natural things and their virtues we may draw forth and attract the influences and virtues of celestial bodies. 35. Of the mixing of natural things, one with another and their benefits. 36. Of union of mixed things and the introduction of a more noble form and sense of life. These three chapters focus on the natural things, how they act together, how they can be mixed, used, and how they stand in opposition to each other. 
The aim is to teach the reader to extract and to use their properties to his or her benefit. All stars have their peculiar nature, properties, and conditions. The seals and characters they produce through their rays, even in the inferior things such as elements. When the seal or character is stamped upon something which is a significant uh, significator of the star containing a peculiar virtue, the seal has the power to offer the said virtue. These characters contain and retain particular natures, virtues, and roots of their stars and produce the like of operations upon other things in which they are reflected and stir up and help the influences of their stars all right so on 40 to 41 are given the figures of divine letters each line being assigned to a planet if you desire to receive virtue from any part of the world or from any star you shall come under its peculiar influence such as wood is fit to receive the flame by reason of sulfur pitch and oil produce that into an act which was before only in power when things are rightly exposed to it in a celestial season it is evident that in the inferior nature all the powers of superior bodies are are not found comprehended in any one thing but are dispersed through many kinds of things among us therefore it is necessary that there be mixing in operations that if a hundred virtues of the sun are dispersed in plants and animals we will be able to gather them in one from a certain composition of herbs vapors and such made according to natural philosophy and astronomy there results in a certain common form endowed with many gifts of the stars by how many more noble the form if anything is by much more and uh, the more prone and apt it is to receive and the more powerful it is to act the virtues of things become wonderful when they are put to matters that are mixed and prepared in a fit season and in a noble form a, con a congruity of natural things is sufficient to receive the influence of the celestial because when nothing hinders the celestials they spend forth their lights upon the inferiors Here's chapters 37 to 49. For 37, how by some certain natural and artificial preparations we may extract certain celestial and vital gifts. For 38, it's how many, how we may draw not only celestial and vital, but also certain intellectual and divine gifts from above. 39, that we may uh, by some certain matters of the world stir upon the gods of the world and the ministering spirits in 40 is of bindings what sort what they are of and in what ways they are to be done for 41 is of sorceries and of their power 42 of the wonderful virtues of some kinds of sorceries 43 of perfumes their manner and power 44 is the composition of some fumes appropriated to the planets and 45 is um, love medicines and their virtues 46 is of natural allegation and suspensions 47 of rings and their composition 48 of their virtues of places and what places are suitable to every star 
49 of light colors candles lamps and to what stars and houses and elements several colors are ascribed from 37 to 49 there are described a number of magical operations and recommendations each chapter deals with a different type of object operations or property which are then linked to magical operations clear and stark instructions are given and there are plenty of examples to help the reader to get an idea about how every element from our world sits under a certain planetary influence which can be used platonists together uh, with hermes say that all sublunary things are subject to generation and corruption the things which exist in the celestial world exist in the intellectual world as well but in a far more perfect manner every inferior thing should answer in its way to its superior and through this supreme itself receive from heaven the celestial power called quintessence or the spirit of the world everything can be reduced from these inferiors to the stars from the stars to the intelligences and from there reduced to the first cause itself from these magical series magic and all occult philosophy flows Following these rules, Platonists and many wise men, that even the divine and angelical gifts can be taken from above to the below. For the superior can affect and imprint the inferior through specific methods. An image rightly made of proper things, which are close to a certain angel, will eventually become animated by the said angel, and such is the power of the influence. Evil spirits may be raised up, but sorcerers are not to do such a thing. As uh, Pacellus says, for only the detestable do such things. No man is ignorant. No man is ignorant that celestial angels and spirits may be gained by us through good works. A pure mind, secret prayers, devout humiliation, and the like. There are many types of bindings, such as binding men into love, hatred, sickness, or health, binding thieves so they cannot steal from a place, binding merchants so they cannot buy or sell in a place, binding an army so they cannot pass, binding ships so no waves or no winds will be able to carry they. The bindings are waters and mills of fire, of fruits, of dogs, so they cannot bark, and so on. The bindings can be made by potions, sorceries, rings, charms, strong incantation, images and characters, enchantments, and more. The force of sorceries is reported to be so great that they are reported to subvert, consume, and change all inferior things, according to Virgil. Menstrual blood is very potent when used in sorceries, for it spoils forever everything it touches. Wine turns sour, gardens and trees get barred, it darkens the, uh, the brightness of a looking glass, dolls and knives and razors and so on. The hair, of, the hair of a menstruous woman, if burnt, will drive away serpents with its smell. Some perfumes that are proper to the stars are of great force for the opportune receiving of celestial gifts under the rays of the stars. Our breath is very much changed by such kinds of vapors, imbuing us with qualities. The smell of burnt herbs, according to their affinity with planets, 
may bring forth spirits and make wonderful things happen for the sorcerer. To borrow the qualities of the planets, burn the things which have their corresponding smell so they will have an affinity. Unguents by conveying the virtues of natural things and celestial ones to our spirit can multiply, transmute, transfigure, and transform accordingly. By using them, we can't transpose their virtues into our bodies. When the soul of the world, by its virtue, made all things that are naturally generated or artificially made, fruitful by infusing them into celestial properties for the working of some wonderful effects. Due to this, they don't have to be um, they don't have to be component of an ointment for them to imbue us with their properties. For even when worn around the neck, they have the power to influence us. They have to be done under a suitable constellation and they have to be made with certain materials which bind the owner by the object, such as hair. Rings which were made, uh, rings which were much esteemed by the ancient, by the ancients when they are rightly made, have the power to impress their virtue upon us, inasmuch as they do affect the spirit that carries them with happiness or sadness, rendering its courteous or terrible, uh, bold or fearful, amiable or hateful. For them to be effective, they have to be made under the right sign from the metal and stone which has an affinity with it. The filthy and lonely places such as graves and underground places are appropriate to Saturn. Jupiter likes the privileged places such as tribunals, schools, and all clean and beautiful places. Mars likes fiery and bloody places with furnaces. The sun likes light and serene places. Venus enjoys pleasant fountains and green meadows. Mercury enjoys shops, schools, warehouses. The moon likes wilderness, mountains, and forests. Alright, for all colors, black, lucid, earthy, leaden, brown have a relation to Saturn. Sapphire and airy colors and those which are always green, clear, purple, darkish, golden mixed with silver belong to Jupiter. Red colors and burning, fiery, flaming, violet, purple, bloody, and iron colors resemble Mars. Golden, saffron, purple, bright colors resemble the sun. But all white, fair, curious, green, ruddy, and purple resemble Venus, Mercury, and the moon. Chapters 50 to 60. So in 50, uh, it's going to be a fascination of the art thereof. 51 of certain observations producing wonderful virtues. Uh, 52, the countenance and gesture of the habit and figure of the body. And to what the, and to what stars any, any of these do answer. 53, of div, uh, divination and of its kinds. 54, of divers, of certain animals and other things which have a significance in auguries. 55, the auspices are verified by the light, natural, and distinct. Some roles of finding it out. 56, 
of the soothsayings of flashes and lightnings and how monstrous and prodigious things are to be interpreted. 57 of geomancy, hydromancy, pyromancy, um, and aromancy, the four divinations of elements. Uh, 58 of the reviving of the dead and of the sleeping and wanting victuals many years together. 59 of divination by dreams. 60 of madness and of divination which are made when men are awake and of the power of a melancholy humor by which spirits are sometimes induced into men's bodies. Chapter 50 to 60 continue the previous theme of magical works, but they have a more specific emphasis, that of divination. The first chapters deal with how observations and human motion can produce magical results, while the following chapters describe different types of divination which can be used by the magicians for various effects. Fascination is a binding which comes from the spirit of the witch through the eyes which are bewitched, entering the heart. The instrument of fascination is the spirit. Certain acts and observations have a certain power of natural things that they believe can expel diseases or bring them about. Wood which was struck by lightning has to be cast behind oneself with the hands and it is said that this gesture ensures health. To sit cross-legged is sorcery and it was forbidden in the councils of princes and rulers all because it hinders all acts. The countenance gestures, the motion settings and figure of the body seem accidental to us, but they make us receive the celestial gifts, exposing us to superior bodies, producing certain effects in us. Lament moves people to pity. The shape of an amiable person easily excites love, and such because the harmonies of the body are exposed to the celestials. The gestures can be put together by their planetary influence. The gestures that inspire melancholy belong to Saturn. Those which are fiery belong to Mars and so on. The kinds of divinations were uh, the kinds of divinations were mentioned by Aristotle in his book of times. Of these Arguria and Auspicia are of the chief divinations as the Romans knew this and made use of them in most important matters. All of the auspices which first happen in the beginning of any enterprise are to be taken notice of as they indicate how the enterprise will go and end. If an ill omen comes when you begin, stop everything you do and wait for a good omen in order to resume your work. The main signs of auspices are given you through the different types of birds that cross your way. Moreover, their behaviors is also an important clue to the nature of the future. This natural instinct has the power to tell the truth of the auspices, and it is more sublime than all human apprehensions. It is nearly a prophecy. The instinct is present in some animals naturally, such as it is in dogs, which know how to tell thieves by instinct. The brightness of this instinct is not in all men, but it is in some. Prophets and priests ordain sixteen regions of heaven and ascribe gods to every one of them. Besides the nine gods of every region, there are eleven lightnings which can foretell the future. The different types of divination are as follows. 
geomancy which foresees the future by motions of the earth hydromancy which foresees by the impressions flowing increasing uh, increases depressions of water its temptus color and the like the divination of fishes is also possible through hydromancy aromancy is a divination which uses the blowing of the winds the rainbows the circles the moon and the stars permits the clouds to predict while pyromancy divines by fiery impressions by stars with long tails by fiery colors and so on the arabian philosophers agree that some men may elevate themselves above the powers of their body and above their sensations they receive into themselves by the perfection of the heaven and intelligence uh, a divine vigor all of the souls of men are perpetual and the spirits obey the perfect souls therefore magicians think that the perfect men can repair their dying bodies by the power of their souls there is also a certain divination by dreams which is a confirmed by the traditions of philosophers and the authorities of di- divines the examples of history and daily experiences not any dream counts as a divination dream for many dreams are but Im- uh, imagination and convey nothing a divinatory dream is caused by celestial influences in the spirit mind and body sometimes it happens to both those who are asleep or awake to enter into a kind of madness which as aristotle points proceeds from a melancholy due to the influence of the melancholy these men received the influences of the celestial easier all right we're gonna i guess we'll take a break for right now and we'll come back in a little bit going to get to chapters 61 to 68 in 61 it's going to be of the forming of man of the external senses and also the inward the inward and the mind one of the threefold appetite of the soul and passions of the will all right in 62 it's going to be of the passions of the mind their origin difference in kinds 63 how the passion of the mind can change the proper body by changing the accidents and moving the spirit. 64. How the passions of the mind change the body by way of imitation from some resemblance. 65. How the passions of the mind can work out for themselves upon another's body. 66. That the passions of the mind are helped by a celestial season and how necessary the constancy constancy of mind is in every work 67 how a man's mind may be joined with the mind and intelligences of the celestials and together with them impress certain wonderful virtues upon inferior things 68 how our mind can change and bind inferior things to that which it, it desires from 61 to 68 the emphasis is put on the man his body and overall composition. We are told how man was formed. What are the elements which are compose him? How they work together? What are their roles and functions and which of those are 
useful in magical operations. It is the opinion of some that God did not immediately create the body of man, but by the assistance of the heavenly spirits, he compounded and framed him. The spirits mixing earth, fire, air, and excuse me, and water together, made made from all of them, put together in one body, which they subjected to the service of the soul. The last impression was that of the intellect which holds all the powers of the minds, forming all figures, resemblances of species, operations, and things seen, sending forth the impression of other powers onto others. The passions of the mind are but certain emotions or inclinations proceeding from the apprehension of anything, as of good and evil, convenient or inconvenient. These apprehensions can be sensual, rational, and intellectual. According to these three types of apprehensions, there are three types of passions in the soul. The noble ones are those of the rational and intellectual parts. The fantasy or imaginative power has a ruling over the passions of the soul when they follow the sensual apprehension. It changes the proper body with a sensible transmutation. By changing the accidents in the body and by moving the spirit upward or downward, inward or outward, and by producing different qualities in its members. Passions sometimes alter the body by way of imitation, for imagination can set us in different actions and reactions. There are also many in which some can imitate the sounds of different animals and mimic their qualities as they please. The passions of the soul which follow the fantasy when they are most vehement cannot uh, only change their own body, but can also transcend so as to work upon another body so that some wonderful impressions are produced in elements. The passions of the mind are much helped and are helpful as they become most powerful by the virtue of heaven as they agree with heaven either by voluntary election or by natural disposition. The Arabian philosophers say that a man's mind, when it is focused on any work through its passion and effects, it is joined with the mind of the stars and intelligences. It becomes the cause of some wonderful virtue, which is then infused into our work. All right, so chapter 69 to 74. 69 of speech and the virtue of the words, 70 of the virtue of uh, proper names, 71 of many words joined together as in sentences and verses of the virtues and restrictions of charm, Uh, 72 of the wonderful power of enchantments, Uh, 73 of the virtues and writing of the making uh, imprecations and inscriptions, 74 of the proportion, correspondence, reduction of letters to celestial signs and planets according to various tongues. The last part deals with with words in general, either in the form of written words, sentences, or spoken word. Just as everything else, the word is connected to heaven and the celestials and is has its power over things. Speech is a vital part of the magic as it is what changes and what moves things as it was shown that there is a great power in the affections of the soul there is no less virtue in words and the names of things the greatest power lies in the logos which is reason speech and word 
A word is twofold, internal and uttered. An internal word is a conception of the mind and emotion of the soul, which is made without a voice. An uttered word has a certain act in the voice and properties of the lo location and is brought forth with the breath of a man, combining both his voice of the mind and that of the body. The proper names of things are very necessary for magical operations as almost all men can testify for their natural power of the things proceeds first from the objects to the senses and from these things to to imagination uh, then to the mind and then it is expressed by voice and words life lies under the power of the signification Besides the virtues of words and names, there is also a greater virtue found in sentences from the truth contained in them, which has a great power of impressing, changing, binding, and establishing. In composing verses, one must consider what virtues any star contains, also what effects and operations are to be inferred by the verses. It is said that the power of enchantments and verses is so great that it is believed that they are able to subvert almost all nature, that with magical whisper a swift rivers are turned back, the sea is bound, the winds are calm, and even more. The use of words in speech is to express the inwards of the mind, from there to draw forth the secrets of the thoughts, and to declare the will of the speaker. Writing is the last expression of the mind, and it is the number of speech and voice which, not perfected with the act of one's voice, whatever lies in speaking lies in the same in writing. Magicians command that in every work there will be uh, imprecations and inscriptions made by which the operator may express his affection. God gave to man a mind and a speech which are thought to be a gift of the same virtue, power, immortality, before all notes of languages, the writing of the Hebrews is of all the most sacred in the figures of characters, as consisting in matter, form, and spirit. All right. That was pretty good. Um, the rest is like the afterwards, so it's pretty much, that was pretty much it right there. So, yeah, um, it's pretty good stuff. Uh, it was... It was concise how it said, and it kind of gave you a general, like a nice general synopsis of things, uh, you know, from from the standpoint of Agrippa. So, some pretty good stuff. Um, hope you guys liked it, and uh, yeah, I will be catching you guys on the next one. Peace.